Good evening. It is time for today's Tax Talk. I'm your host. I'm attorney Stephen Leahy. It is Thursday, November 17th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, We're going to talk about business owning, business ownership. That's what we do. We help business owners. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, And we've got a little follow-up on an old story we did uh, some time ago about the IRS and ID.me. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Won't you join us? There's always a question of, you know, what do you, what do you, I, in my, in my office, we call uh, our, our customers, our clients, business owners, not small business people, not small business owners, not entrepreneurs, not, I mean, there's so many other names, right? Small, a family business owner, um, self-employed, all of those are accurate. Um, I think that they, some, some entrepreneur, right? There's another one. I think that they all have a different connotation about what that is. And I like to use the term business owner um, because it, it, it has that separation uh, that I try to instill in my clients that they should have of their business, right? That their business is not them. Uh, it is a separate entity. It should be treated as a separate entity separately from you. Early on, a business needs nurturing from its owner, much like a child or a puppy, right? It needs, it needs to be nurtured and cared for and directed. And if you don't do these things, there's a very good chance that the business won't make it uh, or that the business owner will become, get in trouble, uh, you know, because they don't do the paperwork right, or they, they don't. Uh, so most, or a lot of times, what happens is business owners are really just, they just got themselves a job, and they're really just an employee with none of the benefits of an employee, right? Because you still have all of the hard decisions to make, you've got all the money to pay, you, so you don't have any benefits. An employee can walk away at the end of the day. The, you know, the end of the, the uh, employee goes home. Business owners don't go home at the end of the day, if you know what I mean. It comes with them, is my point, right? So your business is, it, it relies on you. And if taken care of, your business can thrive and then maybe take care of you someday. But early on, and again, and I'm not sure where that comes, where, you know, because I, th- I don't know when, that, when that you reach that point where sometimes the business takes care of you. Um, but many people get there. Uh, and so that's our job in my office is to help the business owner get there, you know, and help them nurture their business and take care of it as a business separate than themselves and set up all of the systems that are necessary in order to thrive. So that's what we try to do here at Open Tax Advocates. So I just wanted to, and so that's why I picked this story here today, the first story. So, um, let me go into the to the first story because um, so business owners have an IRS payment coming due well before April federal income tax deadline. Um, 
I'm going to get back in here and say one thing. There's lots of people that are trying to sell you something to grow your business. You know, whether it's marketing or this this concept or that concept. <clears throat> but unless you take care of the accounting and the tax problems and the legal issues, nothing else really is going to matter, right? Because it, without compliance and with the, with, with the federal or state government coming after your business, it won't make it. So, so first and foremost, you have to worry about these types of things uh, and that we talk about. So I just wanted to point that out and, and why, it, to me, it's the most important thing. Without, again, without that, nothing else really matters because it won't make it. Your business won't make it. And that's what you want, right? You want your business to, to grow and thrive. You know, maybe pass it along to your kids one day, or at least sell it for a profit. Many business owners they work their life, but their business is not is, is them, and so they can never sell it and make money. So your goal should be while you grow your business to make it grow into something that somebody of value, something of value that will be valuable to others as well. Anyway, okay, so I'll get, get off my soapbox about that. So here's the story I wanted to talk about. Business owners have an IRS payment coming due well before April federal income tax deadline. And again, I thought that I'm not going to read these. These are summary of what's in this. This new business formation has boomed, and I've seen that. That is, this is what happens, right? Whenever that people get uh, laid off, whenever there's a recession coming, um, you know, businesses start laying people off. And, and people are stuck. They can't find another job. And so you so what's the, got to form your own business. That's sometimes a good thing. Sometimes that's what people need that push to do what they've always wanted to do. And that's start their own business. You know, like myself, I always wanted to be a business owner. I didn't know I was going to be a business owner in a legal firm or a tax advocacy firm. I did not know that. But I always knew I wanted to be a business owner. Most business owners, or many I should say, feel the same way. Right? They're just looking for the opportunity to start their business. And that means more new business owners than ever are dealing with tax season and potential tax nightmares. As I said, these are, in, these are paramount issues. While there aren't that many tax changes that will affect small businesses in the upcoming tax season, what is new, coupled with evergreen tax issues that tend to trip up small businesses, could cause headaches if owners aren't careful. For starter, there's a big tax bill coming due for many business owners related to the pandemic, well ahead of the April 2023 federal income tax deadline. Small businesses that took advantage of COVID provisions in 2020 to defer some of their Social Security taxes had to repay 50% of what was owed at the beginning of 2022. The other 50% is due January 3rd, 2023. I... Do you remember that? The IRS has been sending out notices reminding business owners to pay what they owe by the due date. But still, it's something that can easily fall through the cracks, especially if owners aren't paying careful attention. Um, here are a few more tips to stay ahead of the IRS this income tax season. Expect a new tax from related form related to Fedmo, PayPal, income. It's actually not a new tax form, although it's... It, 
it's been expanded and many people who wouldn't have other who never got one before are going to get one. I've talked a lot about this cash app um, uh, rule that's coming up. For tax year 2022, many business owners may be receiving a form they haven't in the past. Well, that again, that's true. The form has always been there, but they haven't received it, and here's why. That form is a 1099-K, and owners who receive payment of $600 or more through a third-party processor such as Venmo or PayPal should be receiving it. In past years, the form was only sent out to payments amounted to more than $20,000, and if there were more than 200 individual transactions. Well, that, that was a high bar. The IRS changed that bar, or actually I should say Congress did, right? The obligation for owners to report their income hasn't changed because it was always income from whatever source derived. I say that a lot. So that's uh, the 16th Amendment. However, owners who pay who may have been lax in the past now have more incentive to report that income since there will be a record on file with the government. He also suggests owners check the in- to ensure that all the payments of the 1099-K form are actually for goods and services, as opposed to a gift for, from a friend that was mischaracterized. This is what's going to throw a lot of people off. Okay, because, you know, while this was coming up and people were complaining, oh, no, it's not ta- changing your tax. It doesn't change your taxes. And that's true. If it's income, you still had to report it. And if it's not, you don't have to pay tax on it. But it's reported now, and now you're going to have to verify where that money came from. And the the onus is going to be on you to prove it, right? If it's on this 1099 and it was for meals that my friends pay, gave me for, I'm going to have to prove that's where that number, that that came from. Otherwise, I'm going to pay a tax on it. You shouldn't have to pay taxes on it just because someone issued you a 1099-K with erroneous information. That's not really erroneous information, I guess, but they're required to... Re- it's erroneous in the sense that it wasn't a good or service uh, that you sold, but it's not erroneous in the fact that they're just following what the rule says, and that's report all money that goes through this third-party transaction. Many owners don't think to draw a hard line between business and personal income and expenses, but this can be a big mistake. I preach this. Co-mingling funds may be may seem easier, but in reality, it creates extra work to compute the income and expenses of the business. And in the case of an audit, could lead to a potential tax headaches and may cost businesses more in the long run, tax professionals say. The waves... The WAVE State of Small Business Study for 2022 found that 35% of small businesses are blurring the lines between personal and business accounts. That's even higher among micro-businesses, where slightly less than half have a small business bank account. Again, create your business, treat it like a business, open its own bank accounts, do not commingle funds. Because the, the business funds are business funds and your money is your money. They're not the same. Now, business funds might may become your funds you know, through, uh, through either gathering you know, from a W-2. You can buy, become a, an employee of that company or you get distributions from the company or preferably both get a distribution and you are an employee of the company. Um, and it be, but it's separate than use that money goes into your personal bank account and it comes out of your uh, business's bank account. Okay, separate. 
The advice against commingling is true for bank accounts and credit cards. If a business is audited, owners need to be able to document the expenses they paid were business-related. If they were a personal credit card and the business is examined, the IRS could deny those deductions and the burden of proof would be on the taxpayer to show it was a legitimate business expense. This is where people have problems. They can't it's not that they shouldn't have that deduction. The deduction's real, and they and it was an expense. They just can't prove it, and so then they pay taxes on it. And again, it's hard enough to pay taxes on the net income, but if you start paying taxes on the gross income, it makes it almost impossible to run your business. This could result in penalties from federal, state, and local governments for underreporting income. Business owners who can't pay the full amount owed in taxes, I agree with this, this bit coming up here, should still file their federal tax return and get on a payment plan. These owners will still pay interest on the money they owe, but they can avoid additional penalties for not filing or for filing late, which can further cut into the profits of the business. Absolutely true. It's hard to get these penalties abated, and penalties are non-deductible, so it comes right out of the bottom line. Business owners who need more time to work on their returns beyond the original filing date of April 15th should file in an extension so that they don't owe the late filing penalty. That penalty is 5% of the unpaid taxes per month, capped at 25% of the balance due. Owners should then be sure to file the extension by the, extend, by the extended due date of October 15th, he said. Even with the extension, however, owners will, will need to estimate what their tax obligations will be and pay the amount of the initial de tax deadline. Owners who can't afford to pay the full amount at that time should pay whatever what they can to lessen any potential underpaid penalties. That is true. That is very good advice. A good rule of thumb for business start, businesses starting out and for all business owners to avoid the situation is w in which they can't foot the full tax bill is to set aside 30% to 35% of net income. Now, here's the thing you can do. You could pay the, we, we are a pay-as-you-go uh, tax system. So you don't wait till the end of the year to pay your taxes. Pay it, you can pay quarterly, but you don't even have to wait for quarterly. You can make a payment to the IRS for the for the current year anytime you want. So you can get on irs.gov and make a payment. Say estimated tax payment. So a lot of I do this. I have a lot of uh, I work with realtors a lot. They are self-employed, even though they're working for a broker. They are self-employed, 1099 employees. And what I tell them is when you get a check, because checks come and they tend to be larger, but not as often. So as the money comes in, pay it, right? Or set yourself as, as a business and then you're an employee of that company. And then pay, pay yourself a check and then take the money out and pay the taxes. That's a very good rule to do. Not setting enough aside could mean you have to scramble to find money to pay Uncle Sam. He offers the real-life example of an owner of a $100,000 real estate business who owed around $30,000 in taxes but didn't have the money to pay because she had used her value, available cash for advertising, open houses, and other business expenses. Even if you go on a payment plan with the IRS or get a loan from a bank, you've soaked up all your borrowing capacity, he says. Now, I don't like the way this, this story ends, but that's where it seems to end. Uh, this is all good advice. I, I happen to agree with a lot of it. Um, and so that's why I wanted to include it. Uh, but the biggest one is, is again, 
treating the business, treating the business as a business and not you. It's not your, it's not you. You are not your business, right? Your business is separate than you. You, that's why I like the term business owner. You own this business, right? You own a car. You're not a car, right? And you're not the business, right? Same thing, same, same concept. Now, this is a story I, I, we talked about early because it was a, the IRS had, had uh, kind of told us all, hey, we're going to start using facial recognition. It's going to happen right away. You got to do it. And there was a big backlash about this. And so they, they walked it back fairly, clo- uh, very, fairly quickly. Many in Congress uh, objected, and they pulled back of this fairly quickly. They still tried to implement it anyway. Um, but here's, a, here's something that is why they shouldn't do these things overnight, which they do, which the government tends to do. And it's like they're doing now with the new uh, IRS commissioner. We need to get this done right away. Why? It's like these bills that they pass. It's 10,000 pages long. Nobody's read it, but we got to, we got to pass it now. We can't wait. We can't wait to read it. It's got to be passed. We got to do it now. And it always leads to trouble, doesn't it? So ID.me misled IRS on processing times for identity verification. Congressional investigators found. The House over, let me see if I can pull this up a little bit. Here we go. The House Oversight Committee released its investigation in identity verification company ID.me on Thursday, um, concluding that the company inaccurately overstated its capacity to conduct identity verification services for the Internal Revenue Service. Among the reports finding include the ID.me misled the IRS in an April 2021 meeting over the wait times to authenticate taxpayers, stating that they were only about two hours as of today. In fact, ID.me data from that month shared with investigators showed that the average wait time were more than four, four hours or 14 of the t- 21 state employ- unemployment services using ID.me. Following the April meeting, the IRS st- started using ID.me for the com- implementation of the enhanced child credit, uh, child, child tax credit, and then for the IRS. ID.me's success skyrocketed as state government struggled with an increased demand for remote verification of unemployment claims during the pandemic and how to prevent significant fraud. House investigators say the ID.me was unable to substantiate CEO's Blank Hall's assertion in June 2021 that Americans had lost more than $400 billion to fraudulent claims during the pandemic, an amount more than 10 times higher than Department of Labor estimates. I think it's probably higher than the Department of Labor estimated, but the IRS takes taxpayer privacy and security seriously, and we understand the concerns that have been raised, IRS Commissioner Chuck Redding, uh, Redding said at, in a statement at the time. Everyone should feel comfortable with how the, their personal information is secured, and we, go, we are quickly pursuing short-term options that do not involve fa- facial recognition. Other agencies, include Veterans Affairs, still use the service. It is deeply disappointing that the company that received tens of millions in taxpayer dollars to help Americans ob- obtain these benefits may have hurt their ability to access their critical relief. Companies entrusted with implementing critical programs in a national crisis must be able to serve the needs of the people those programs are, are intended to benefit. Well, well, duh. I hate to say it that way, but come on. That's just obvious. In a statement from Chief Communications Officer Terry Neal, ID.me disputed criticism of its assessment of pandemic unemployment fraud, calling the criticism premature. 
The company has since staffed up to deal with issues regarding wait times. We waited, we worked tirelessly to serve Americans who needed aid, and we regret the long wait times that individuals endured while we fought the clear fraud out of the system. This situation was short-lived and temporary and caused by historic fraud. Yeah. Another bunch of gobble good at the end. So anyway, that's the stories. I, um, I find it always interesting. Um, I hope you did too. Uh, I, I went off a little bit on companies and treating your business ownership and what that means. But I think it's important, and that's my that's who my clients are, business owners. Are you a business owner? If you're having, uh, first of all, I ask you to like and subscribe, like and subscribe. Uh, we need your help to get this to get this uh, word out and get this information out. So help us like and subscribe. Also, if you have IRS problems, if you are if you are behind to the IRS or if you have unfiled tax returns, best thing to do, give us a call 312-664-6649 or get a copy of my book, Deal With Your IRS Problem Today. It's free. Go to freeirsbook.com freeirisbook.com. The book is free. I'll pay for it, but but I'm going to ask you to pay for the shipping and handling. So go to freeirisbook.com and get your copy. So thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll look forward. Tomorrow is uh, is our is our um, Trust Radio Network Day. I hope you can join us there about 2 o'clock. So thanks so much for joining us here today, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Uh, out, and God bless you. Okay.